Wow, you are going to love the conversation that I have today with Lisa Wilson on the Soul Sisters Talker podcast. Initially, I was going to talk to Lisa about our podcast on the Boston Marathon, but I had so much content and I knew that she'd be so dynamic that I was like, you know what, I've got to just give her her own episode. And she deserves it. This woman has done, actually, this is so funny. I was going to say the number, but I'm going to give a long-winded answer here. When I talked to her, she had done 68 marathons. I already know when I'm going to schedule this podcast, and that's in approximately four weeks. She will have done two more marathons. So what I know about Lisa, because she would correct me, as you listen to this podcast, this woman has done 70 marathons. 20 of those were at the Boston Marathon, which helps to explain why she and I disagree about what the absolute world's greatest marathon is. Uh, She ranks Boston number one, and I think she gave New York a a number two. I would do just the reverse. I would give New York number one, and I'd give Boston number two. But regardless, they're both great races, and she's done them all. She's, and it's funny because we've done a lot of the same races uh, pretty close to the same time. And it was just super cool to talk to her. I feel like she's in a little bit better shape than me, um, even though she's done a, a few less marathons. And it absolutely is because she's a physiotherapist, and she told me she actually does her uh, exercises. She also said that she puts a lot of instructional little short videos on the um, WAG Physio Instagram page. So I say check that out. I sure did. And I hope you enjoy this conversation. I absolutely did. So here we go. Here's Lisa. So hello, Lisa. Um, You are the first guest on the Soul Sisters Talker podcast that I don't actually know really well. So this is fun because I'm going to learn all about you. And I'll just let the ladies and gentlemen that are listening know um, that initially I wanted to talk to you because you've done 19 Boston marathons going for your 20th. And that would be noteworthy, except you've also done nearly 50 more than that. So I was like, "Mm, I think I need to give this woman a little more time, especially because the more we, we had a couple of, you know, back and forth emails. I'm like, I feel like she's my doppling. How do you say that word? Doppling anger. Anyway, I probably shouldn't use words how to pronounce on my podcast. Um, So Lisa, so, so thank you for being willing to talk to me. Uh, I'm just wondering if you can give me a real quick kind of summary of who you are, where you are, what you do, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Well, first of all, I just want to make one correction. I've done kind of technically 20 Boston marathons with the last one being um, the virtual one. So I'm counting that. And I love, I love that you corrected me because I absolutely would have corrected you too. I would have been like, "Mm, don't take one away. So no, that absolutely counts, you know, because the pandemic changes in the past. I would never have counted virtual, but I also never lived through a pandemic. So apologies, yeah. 20 Boston marathons. Now pick up your story, girl. Yeah, that okay, was supposed you. to be um, my 20th Boston in 2020 on April 20th. Oh, the t- oh my goodness. I mean, yeah. if those were words, it'd be the perfect alliteration. Yeah. Uh, but we're all runners of any, like, I don't know, we're, we're all... We, we, we looked into numbers so much. It's I ridiculous, know, but I know. wow. 2020, all those twenties. Okay. Yeah. Um, so well, what we decided, well. yes, yeah, so what we decided to do is my running partner and I, we said, okay, well, you know what? We still want to honor that, that date, that time. That was our training target. 
So we decided to run um, on the rails to trails and do a, a virtual marathon of our own on that day. And we just called it the COVID-19 marathon. Um, and we just ran it for fun. It was good. Did you do that with, there were a bunch of BLT runners. I know that did it as well as some Halifax running club members that went, uh, did you run with any of them or was it just everyone thought, you know, if we've got to do a virtual marathon, we might, might as well go to a, a spot that'll be relatively kind to our body. Well, we did uh, t- to be kind to our body. It was nice and flat. Certainly, we did a lot of it in training, covered that route. Um, so what we did is that was right in the middle of you couldn't even run with anyone. So mm. what we did is we carried a string that was six feet apart. Um, and then friends had dropped off water for us and things like that. So we just stayed social distanced and carried our string. And it was just the two of us. Lisa, that's amazing. That is the coolest story. Oh, my God. You're like, we're going to do this, um, but we're going to totally do it right. Because, you know, without that string, it's kind of hard to visualize it. So that is adorable. Um, would you want to give a shout out to your running partner? Who was that? Who's, who's crazy enough to do all this stuff with uh, you? My running partner's Jill McDonald, and we've run several Bostons together. We've, I think our first, very first marathon that we ran together was England, uh, London, England on our 40th birthday. Um, so we went over and ran that. That's the only Boston that I missed because we wanted to uh, run London, England for our 40th yeah, birthday. It's hard. It's- it's really hard to get both. You could get both of them done, but it takes a lot of finesse with travel. Yeah. And London London is actually, for us, um, harder to get into yes. than Boston. It was super, uh, one, uh, super hard to get into because I was, um, I had to buy in through Marathon Tours to get a guaranteed entry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I actually went and did the Prague Marathon with Marathon Tours, but with London, I found an application online. This is 2003 and I color I printed it on my color printer I filled it out and I mailed it you know express mail with my check back in the olden days Mm. writing checks um actually I I think I had to I had to I either I had to get it in in pound sterling you know and I sent off and I got in and no one I've ever known has gotten in uh that easily like I I you know, thank God for the internet. I sleuthed this out or somebody had put the application on. So, um, you got there in 2006, yeah, right? 2006 for our 40th. And then um, we did a fun real marathon, uh, the B2B. So I did the Boston and then I went to do the, um, uh, big Sur marathon a week later. I, I was just yeah. like, you know, the name. What now, what year did you do that? Uh, that was for our 45th birthday. So that would be, uh, let's see, 2006. So five years later. Yeah. 2011. Okay. So uh, for anyone that doesn't know that, that's this, <laughs> it's this crazy idea of doing um, marathons six days apart or seven days. But, but I, you know what, with your numbers, I'm sure you've done that before, um, you know, just, just to get in the numbers. But how many marathons, Lisa, have you done now? This, uh, this Sunday for the Nova Scotia Remembers Marathon, my running partner and I were going to run uh, the marathon for the memory race. And this one will be my 69th marathon. And then um, Mother's I'm Day. I'm so excited. I'm going to yeah. see with that. I'm not ready. I've only run 13 miles once since November. But, <laughs> but with our numbers, you know, you can always do one. So I'm so excited to see you. Can you tell me, um, I, I want all the details, but since you mentioned it, the Nova Scotia Remembers Race, um, why are you doing it? And when you say remembers, what is, 
what, what is it remembering? Um, it's just remembering, well, the, the tragic event um, and in a, in a bad, hard time that we are all suffering through a pandemic, the unknown, being isolated, then having those deaths and the tragedy of it. Yeah, so folks who don't know, if you're not in Nova Scotia, um, approximately a year ago, we had, unfortunately, the, the worst mass shooting in Canada happen yeah. in, our, in our very small, um, you know, Nova Scotia community. And it's, uh, it, and it's real close to Halifax, um, the community where it all happened, if, if folks have only heard of Halifax. So the race, this is obviously an inaugural race, and it's a way to honor and, and recognize and, and celebrate those lives that were lost. Um, and it's everything from 5k right up to the marathon. So Lisa yeah. is going to be doing that with, um, with your, your running partner. So yeah, they're eight, I think they have up to up to and maybe more 800 participants from the marathon to the half five and 10 K. So it should yeah. be really fun. And just yeah. being, being an event like that, being a part of something and just supporting and just feeling the well, the support and the love is really cool. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's such a sad, awful anniversary. Um, but I think by having this event, it's a way to get through the day and, and celebrate those, those lives by doing for, in our, our cases, you know, something that we love, but also a hard thing. Um, yeah. so, uh, and I, I know that there are going to be a number of, um, the victim's family participating. So it's, oh. it's going to be a very powerful day. It really yeah. is. Um, and uh, so that's going to be your 69th. And this is so great. It's going to be my 79th. I feel like we're the same person. Like they're just <laughs> not, there are not a lot of people that have done all the races that we've done in the numbers. This is so weird. Um, though yeah. I, I guess I'm older than you. I'm 50. How old are you? I just had my 55th birthday. Oh, good. You're older than me. Okay. <laughs> and not, not that that matters. It's just my math is so bad that I thought I was older than you. Yes. I just had my 50th. Mine was um, February 21st. When's oh, your birthday? April 4th. Okay. Yeah, you just did. Um, well, so the, the, I'm just looking to finish it. I don't, I have no idea what my time's going to be. I'm going to be joining somebody that it's their first one. Uh, so you know, but the positive is anyone that's a runner listening to this, we're not in the same age group if we were actually racing <laughs> or if I was. Well, we're doing it like a long run because I've yes. done just a couple of tw uh, 16 milers uh, this winter. And it's, you know, without having Boston to train for yeah. and just, it's just been a different year. So for me, it's about going out, running like a 20 mile run, having fun along the way, wearing some Nova Scotia tartan, some Royal blue and just enjoying yeah. the day. And, and what I think is so neat. Um, what I understand Lisa is you've done so many marathons that you really can just wake up and say, I'm going to go do this. Um, I'm going to have fun. I'm going to celebrate that I can do it. And you really can without the training because you've got muscle memory that's going to get you through. But even more than your muscle memory, mm -hmm. I know your mind is so strong that if you're like, I'm going to do it for fun, you're actually going to have fun because you said you would. And your mm -hmm. brain's like, yeah, okay, this is what we do for fun. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Um, but, but Lisa, not a lot of people would understand that. They'd be like, what do you mean? She, she's only done a handful of, you know, 16 miles. Well, yeah. And you know what, folks? She's going to have a really good time anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
part of that is I can recognize if things are going a little south in my training as I'm a physiotherapist. And Lisa, when was your first marathon? Uh, it was Chicago Marathon and it was in 1999. And I always said that when my youngest went to school, I would run a marathon. So I did. And I ran Chicago, but in my training, as I did those three 20 milers to prepare, I thought, oh, if I extrapolate the graph here, potentially I could do a three, a sub 340 and maybe qualify for Boston. But I thought, oh, well, let's just see. So so I, you were already thinking of that in your first marathon. Well, just based on, you know, based you knew, I'm not, I'm not judging. I'm asking yeah. you, you kind of, you knew there was a chance. Um, okay. That Boston was maybe going to be in your future. Well, cause I admit I treat a lot of runners and my patients are saying, Oh, you'll have to do Boston. I thought, well, how do I do that? And they said, well, you have to qualify for your age and sex. And I thought, well, you know, maybe I'm kind of close. So I signed up with a 340 pacer at Chicago and there were two yeah. pacers, one guy, Dieter, and he carried this green star the entire marathon. So I followed him. You still know his name. Yep, which was, I have a really, I have a, such a cool story. So we are, we, I followed him and I thought, oh my gosh. So my husband and my brother-in-law, they live in, my husband, my brother-in-law lives in Chicago. So they met me all around Chicago, different places Fun. to give me um, okay. my Gatorade. Yeah. Yeah. So I, po- I followed the pacer and at mile 19, it was getting really hard. He got a block away, but I could still see his green star, but I managed to catch up. And I remember coming up towards the finish saying to him, are you sure we're on target? And he goes, yes. yeah. So I went and sprinted ahead of him and ended in three thirty nine twenty three. So <gasps> I, was like, Woo, I did it anyway. Back, the- back, back then, Boston allowed you to use all the seconds of So it, Boston back then took three forty fifty nine. So folks listening, she had over a minute, but you may not have known that you may have thought you had you know, 40 seconds or whatever buffer. I just wanted to make sure I got under 340. Yeah, um, yeah. So I didn't get to say thank you to him because at the end it was kind of mayhem. So I went to Boston that next year, which was 2000. And so hold on, you qualified for Boston in your first marathon. That that maybe impresses me more than the 20 <laughs> Boston's you've done since because first first marathons, people just they learn things. So I know why you've done 68 marathons. You're just good. I mean, and we like doing what we're good at. So pick on up your story, miss. I qualified for Boston in my first marathon. (laughs) So I go to Boston, my husband and I, we go to Boston and it's just filled with these crazy runners. And I thought, oh my God, this is so crazy. And we're waiting to get our race packet and we're just kind of sitting around and this, everybody was saying, oh, is this your first or how many have you done? I said, oh, this is my first. And I said, oh, and you? And he said, oh, 20. And I thought, you mean people keep coming back to do yeah, this? Yeah. And I thought, oh. oh, well, maybe I could do that too. Anyway, so I did the, I was doing the marathon and I think I was, I don't know, somewhere around eight or mile eight or nine. And this guy was flitting and flitting all in and around the people. And he was just having a great time. Yeah. So he's flitting around and I sprinted up to him and I said, is your name Dieter? And he goes, yes. I said, I want to say thank you so much for oh. getting me here. This is incredible. Anyway, so it was so, so cool. How weird is that? That's well, it just proves the saying about it's it's such a small world after all. Now, there's something, Lisa, that you I mean, I know you know this, but you didn't even think to mention you've been doing Boston so long. I remember back in um, 
I, you know, I did it in 1999 and it was started at 12 o'clock and it wasn't until I did it in 2006 um, that they actually started the race earlier in the day. Yeah. You remember how it was, yes. you know, the, the weird thing about a noontime start and Boston's all about traditions is um, even though it more often for me, Boston's been colder, it, it started later. So it was hotter during the day. And it was, how do yes. you eat for a 12 o'clock start? But what was also kind of interesting back in the olden days, um, the race wasn't as big that first year you did it. We didn't no. have to have, you know, three distinct start times because mm-hmm. Uh, they just ran it through one. And I also remembering applying really at the last minute and getting Me in. Me too. Yeah. I wouldn't apply until February. Yes. Yes. Like, yeah. oh, I'm, and I'm not sure I've, I've been a student of marathons, marathon history, and I can't exactly figure out why um, 2006, the interest really ballooned because according to my, like looking back at history, it was really 1996 that changed the marathon because that's the year that Oprah Winfrey did hers and made it um, suddenly, not that it was attainable, but she made the average woman think, well, if Oprah did it, I can do it. Or if not that, because that's a little bit cocky, uh, Oprah did it, maybe I could do it. So I believe the entire second running boom should be credited to Oprah Winfrey. Now, so I don't know why in 2006, it just completely, it started to grow. And now it's, it's unbelievable, the growth of the Boston Marathon. Yeah, it's quite incredible. I remember um, when that the day that it sold out in eight hours, which I was well, devastated. I thought, oh my god! Had you not had you not registered? Well, I was working that day, and I I it, oh. it just was crazy. So I had phoned um, Scott, my buddy at Marathon Tours, and I said, Scott, I need into Boston. This is ridiculous. Yeah. I can't I can't yeah. believe this. And it's so, so sad because you had a qualifier and you probably had a qualifier from Boston, but it didn't matter. It was I closed. I had several qualifiers because each yeah. year I would have two, three, yeah. maybe sometimes five qualifiers, depending on how many marathons I'd done that year. So I, yeah. and I really wanted to hang on to this consecutive thing because I knew that, oh my gosh, I'm getting, you know, worn out and I don't want to keep trying to do PBs um, or anything like that. I just wanted to complete and do enough time to get me in to qualify, to continue the streak and to keep the, the, to get to my 10 so that I would. Then- okay. Can you explain that? Explain. Cause I don't think just the average runner knows what you're talking about. In terms of the, the consecutive or qualifying. If, well, oh no, no, I've, I've talked about qualifying times. If you've done a certain number in a row, are you then grandfathered in that you can always do Boston? So that number in Boston is 10. Yeah. So it's yes and no. So what it is. So for instance, um, I got an email today saying you, uh, we've identified you as being uh, uh, one one of probably five or six, 500 or 400 being consecutive uh, Boston marathon finishers. If you have a qualifying time, you are invited to the early entry. So sure. Being a uh, ten consecutive, and and as busy and popular as the Boston Marathon is, so in 2019, almost 8,000 people did not get into Boston that had reached their qualifying yeah. standard. Yeah. So being a ten consecutive 
marathon finisher, I get an early entry invitation, a two-week invitation okay. only. I have to meet my qualifying standards. That's it. I can, you, the, yeah, I can meet my qualifying standards by one second, meaning for me yeah. as a 55-year-old woman, I can, um, my qualifying time is 4.05. So if I got, if I have 4.04.59, I'm in. But if I don't use this two-week qualifying yeah. window special invitation, I go into the masses um, yeah. registration yeah. and I might need seven or six or five minutes better than my qualifying well, time. Well, I, I talked about this in the podcast on Boston. Yeah. Uh, the year t- 2019, ironically, as you know, they made it slightly harder. They added a fi- it, you had to be five minutes faster per age group. And in the end, you needed to be like six and a half minutes faster. Yeah. But the thing that I mentioned in the podcast is a lot of people are like grumbling. Oh, it's so hard now. But truthfully, all they've done is gone back to the standard from 1987. So Boston has a history of changing the qualifying times. But what I find really interesting about that story, thank you for sharing it. Um, I never did my, I've done 11 Bostons. I never did them in a row. I just didn't really care. I, I just took a, I, I did it every year once I moved to Canada because it yeah. was a way to go back to America and see my friends from New York would come up, but it never occurred to me to keep them in order. So I would be able to lock this in. But what yeah. you're describing is even better than now my favorite all time favorite marathon is the New York city marathon. They don't, um, they don't do it quite the same way, but they've, what they've done is if you do 15, if you've done 15 Boston, sorry, Boston, sorry, 15 New Yorks, then you're, then you're always going to get to do New York marathon. And the nice thing for them is you don't even have to have a qualifier. Boston is Boston's keeping it tight. They're saying, you know, you don't have to worry about the extra couple minutes, but you need your qualifier. And I think that's really neat. So thank you. That's, that is actually something about Boston. I didn't know. But Um, that is, but can you hear me? Boston is like the Super Bowl. Boston is the Holy Grail. Boston is one of those prestigious races. I mean, New York is amazing, but Boston is Oh, you know what? We're going to have to, we're going to have to get into fisticuffs about this. <laughs> For me, New, I love Boston. You know, I've, I've done it 11 times, but to me, New York is the best. And for me, it's the best because I lived in New York City. Yes. Um, and I always followed it. I had a dream goal of racing as a sub elite in New York reason I like New York better than Boston is just like you. You did Boston as your second marathon. I did New York as my second marathon. So oh. we're having this, we're having a parallel experience. <laughs> and I always wanted to go sub three hours in Boston. I never did. I did a 305 there, but my dream was to race sub elite in New York City. And they had this thing where if you went under three hours and you applied, they wow. take the 50 fastest women that applied for sub elite and you might have to be really fast or you might be able to just squeak in and I squeaked in and wow. I got to the buses with the professionals I got to be at the tent with the professionals oh. I like I'm a I like I said I love the history of marathons so um the gold medalist in the first ever women's marathon Joan Benoil Samuelson uh she was still racing races and I literally stood on the Verrazano bridge with her Aww. and did my ups like like to me it was that so and I can say I was I was elite but I was so slow 
like I was the very, <laughs> very back in that when I got to the special tent um, that they had for us at the finish line, they were folding the chairs up and all the food was gone. I was <laughs> like, oh my, and all the massages were done. And it was just oh. like, but I wasn't humbled because I was like, I don't care. I got here. So, yeah, so exactly. in, in that regard, I'm always going to fight you on which one is the best. But you are right. that if, guess, if you're going to call one a Super Bowl, you are right. It's right. Boston. And, it that's is. The only, and that's the only reason I say Boston is, 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 I don't say it's the best. It's just they have those standards. And so yep. anything that you just can't easily get is always, you always want yes. it more, right? If yes, Lisa. Taken away from you, you want it more. So if Boston, truly, if Boston didn't have those qualifying standards, it wouldn't be as popular, but because it does, that's everybody's yeah. goal, right? To make the Olympics, to get to yeah. the Super Bowl. So, but, but that, that's the only thing that makes it special to Boston is because they put those restrictions. So hell, if there's a restriction, let's try to get there. You know what you said it well, it, it is, I think the people's Olympics or the people's yeah. Super Bowl. So yeah. um, do you have a favorite Boston? Do and I a- I, I'm a favorite. And I want to know the one you like the least. Cause I, I have a love hate with, with Boston. So well, give me your best and give me your worst. Well, I'll answer that question in a kind of a roundabout way. Um, Boston will always be my favorite marathon bar none only because I've done it so many times our connection with Nova Scotia and yes, it's actually been my PB. So that, Oh yes, girl. <laughs> so for me, It was a PB, but it didn't set out to be a PB. And I don't, I don't train to do PBs all the time. Or when I first started running marathons, yeah, each one you wanted to get as, as good as you could, but you also still had work and family and kids yeah. and life. So I wasn't ever going to like jeopardize any of that stuff to do the running. So I still wanted to do my, you know, family life and whatever, but uh, Boston, my favorite Boston would, would have been that PB. And I think it was 2004 or something. Okay. Uh, and it was, uh, it was really, really cool because I remember uh, this lady held up a sign around mile 25 and I was thinking, Holy cow, I'm really faster than three thirty. Uh, and yes. I thought she held up the sign. She said, pain is temporary. Pride is forever. And I thought, yes, that's what I'm feeling right now. I won't feel yes. like this tomorrow, but I'll have so much pride. And that's what I have a little sign holding all my marathon medals and it's pain is temporary pride is forever. And well, if at 25 miles you were thinking, you know, I, I want this like that. That tells me you were having a good marathon because it wasn't I'm struggling. It was, yeah. OK, this is going to hurt. And it's probably going to hurt some more because I got a mile to go. Yeah. <laughs> so but what's the, the one that you hated? Hated uh, Boston. Yeah, uh, it was probably um, I think I hated the 2018 just simply because. It oh, what hard. do you mean you think? What do you mean you think, girl? <laughs> Come on. It was uh, that terrible hurricane or rain and it was hard for the spectators hard for the runners yeah. hard for the volunteers it was just terrible terrible it was that was hands down of like all the events I've ever done in my life it was the coldest and the wettest yeah. and there was just there wasn't 
There wasn't a lot of joy. Um, it was so amazing because that's the year that, you know, the speaking of every, you know, every man's Olympics, the every man um, from Japan, I can't think of his name, but he's done like 300 marathons and he won and Des Linden won. So oh, magic yes, happened right. that day, yeah. but it was, it was a, it was just a very challenging day on top of a marathon can already be challenging. So yeah. I'm so glad you said that year I had forgotten Mine, that was my, I hated that one. That, I remember so. going to the medical tents, just doing a leapfrog to each, med, not medical tent, to the, well, I guess it was the medical tent. Just yeah, to each medical on the side. Going to each one saying, okay, I'll have a drink of hot water instead of taking the cold water at the mm. uh, water stations. Yeah. And I remember being in several of them, probably from mile 16 on, that these girls, mostly women, were in there and they showed up in shorts and singlet. And I remember taking mylar blankets and wrapping around them saying, here, tie this around you. You are not going to make it if you don't. Yeah. I, I don't know how they, yeah. I, Cause I was dressed appropriately. I even had a waterproof jacket and I still got hypothermia. So those yeah. poor girls. So I did not mean for this whole episode to be Boston. I did want to talk about your other ones, but gosh, you're just, it's just so fun to hear, you yeah. know, what you have to say. Mm -hmm. I, I have, I have one more question about Boston in particular, because you know that you're in, mm -hmm. you know, but how likely, I know you're going to register. Um, you have to, that's your right, but no, uh, I'm, no, I'm not going to register register. I'm not going to okay. register as a, so I reread the email today. So it said, basically, here's your early entry. However, if you choose not to choose this entry um, and you decide to do the virtual, your virtual will count towards your consecutive Boston's. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Then there's no issue you've got. And I was talking to um, my friend Sheila about the Boston marathon and it hit me really hard that one of the things I like about the race is the energy of the crowds and there's so many people and mm -hmm. they're high-fiving you and they're giving you food, they're giving you fruit and the kids and you're high-fiving the kids. And I just thought, I wonder Lisa, how long before we, uh, we can, you know, just high-five a stranger or want to, or even that masses will be along a race course because we can't, you don't want, I mean, we, that's not appropriate behavior right now, yet it's yeah. one of the best things about a marathon. I'd say it'll be uh, Boston, April, 2022 for Boston. We'll be back to kind of, you think so? Yeah. Okay. I think it'll be back to more normal. Um, um, yeah. So that's what I'm counting on. And hopefully, you know, um, I've already got a qualifying time for that. So I plan on being there for that and can't wait. And when we can't do those regular things, those things have been taken away from us. How lucky yep. we feel when we're able to do them again. So it's going to be a completely totally. cool experience going again. Um, yeah, that's true. Feeling that's lucky. so true. Yeah, feeling very lucky to be able to do it. Yeah, it'll be cool. What was your, um, what was your last, the last marathon you did? Uh, the last marathon I did that was normal. In person. Yeah, that was yeah. in person would have been the Petit Train de Nord in Quebec, um, October 19, 2019. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was great. Um, it's run by an elite, um, elite, mar elite um, runner, Olympian, uh, Canadian, and he organized an amazing event. It's, 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 uh, the wave start, the buses, it's very similar to Boston that way. It's on okay. uh, down net downhill. It's, um, 
run on the train, the train systems, kind of like our rail to trail, rails to trail sure. from Val David to Saint Jerome in Quebec, and it's it must be beautiful that time gorgeous. of the year. It's all it's in um, October, October second. So we got deferred from last year to this year, and that might even be in question to be able to run it this year because of our yeah coming back to Halifax. Yeah. Oh, but that does sound like a good one. Um, yeah. Would you? I was able to race. Uh, I always go to the well, the last kind of twenty years. I've gone to the Olympic trials to watch, and then there's always a marathon the next day. Yeah. So I did a marathon um, March first, twenty twenty. Oh wow. Yeah. The world shut down one week later and we knew it, we knew it was, we knew it was coming, but to, it was pretty exciting to see the trials and kind of know that this would be the last huge event that I went, went to for a while. Yeah. Um, Wow. We saw the Olympic, the women's Olympic trials one year in Boston. The timing was perfect. Yes. It was so 2008. Yeah. When you mentioned uh, Jean Bonnet Samuelson, it's so funny when my friends and I, four of us ran New York and we were on our way back from the buses in our New York marathon, we were, came upon this wine store and we kind of got our change together and were able to buy one bottle of wine. But as we were leaving the wine store, we were walking across the street and I go, I think that's Joan Bonet. And so you saw Joni. Yeah. And so I, I go, is that, I said, are you Joan? And she goes, yes. And it was her son. And I said, Oh, we would just love to say hi to you. Could you take a picture of us? So we got a picture with her. Yeah. It was so sweet. Oh, she was she's, so, so sweet. She's always very generous. And uh, she's, she's always posed with me whenever yes. I've, I've accosted her. But I will say one time I had a beer in my hand. I was at an event and I was like, oh, let's get our photo. And she said, absolutely. But you got to put the beer down. Oh, and you. she just didn't want to, she just didn't want to be in a photo with somebody holding a beer. Yeah. And I was like, ran sub three but okay if the queen of marathon says put it down yes ma'am yeah. I'll do that <laughs> yeah, funny. Um, wow and Lisa we I mean we haven't even hit upon the fact that you also do triathlons but I feel like I, I need a better connection and I need more of your time and I'm not I'm not going to take any more than this but you are gosh you're so interesting I, you've done so much well do you have any intention of stopping well, marathons no, or are you well, going to keep doing them? no I want to keep doing uh, marathons as long as I can and I want to do Boston as long as I can um but what I was going to mention is I did I got my six star finishers medal in Tokyo yes. in 2019 explain it not everyone I know what that is but not everyone else knows so talk, walk me through the six races you had to do for that yeah and that's that's an exciting thing because there's nothing to do with speed really um, it all has to do with just completion and being able to um, travel to the places um, and that was yeah. kind of a, a really neat medal to get just again because it was there um, so they'd be the six stars they used to be five stars so the stars would be, I know I know they yeah, added they added Tokyo, <laughs> out of Tokyo. Yeah, so it would be so that's why London New York or London um, England New York Boston Chicago um Chicago uh Tokyo Berlin and Berlin yeah so the six of those marathons give you this six star finishers medal that's really heavy and cool and they give you a really cool and it's the world it's the world majors for anyone that doesn't so basically those six races are considered the cream of the crop. I mean, any marathon is going to be really a neat, fun experience for you, but those are the ones where you get the huge participation and it is just done perfect. Yeah. Like they, they know what they're doing and everyone else follows 
their lead. So of those six, but oh, sorry, taking Boston yeah. out, out of those five remaining ones, uh, which one was your favorite? Uh, because they're all over the world, really. Like yeah. I don't, I wouldn't even know which one would be best for you. Um, I would have to say, well, New York obviously is so amazing. Good girl. Uh, yeah, New York, <laughs> New York. I've done it twice. Um, uh, and it's, the first time I did New York, I got an F on my bid, but I certainly wasn't a three-hour marathon. I was a sub-330, but it was neat having an F on my on my little jersey. That was cool. Um, but the you know what? They were all really good. Tokyo was really cool. My GPS watch didn't even work there. I think there were so many people trying to connect to the system that it never oh. even connected, but it didn't really matter. All I wanted to do was finish there because I yeah. needed that medal, and it was wet, cold, and rainy. Um, oh. Berlin was quite amazing, really. Um, Chicago was my first, so that was special. London probably was my yeah. least favorite of them all because back in 2006, uh, we were lumped in with the charity runners and it was so mm. difficult to run. It was, I was bruised all through my arms, just trying to get through the crowd. I mean, it was so frustrating. Yeah. So I have to say that was my least it favorite. And for folks that don't know, a lot of those charity runners wear costumes also. So they're taking up even more space. Yeah. London is unlike, it's unlike anything, but like, like you, I, I started, unfortunately I went in with a, a, a time that would have put me towards the front, but I had, I was in the bathroom line and my watch battery had died oh. and I missed, I missed the start and I had to start from the back also. And it was, yeah. it was really just very hard to maneuver at least Boston as crowded as, as it is you're with people that are your pace exactly. so it's like a crowd that moves yeah. um yeah. yeah yeah so yeah it was it was not fun but you know what every marathon is an experience um there you, you run them for you don't run them all for time you run some for beauty Absolutely. I have to say the two be most beautiful have to be um, the Great Ocean Road in Australia and uh, Big Sur. Both were very similar. Mm. Um, but some are for time, some are to get different six-star medals, some are to visit a city. Well, would you, would you still be going for time at your age? And I, I only ask that because I kind of flipped a switch. And I guess probably 2018 is the last time I, I paid even any attention to my time. And now I'm just so proud of being able to cover the distance. Yeah, for me, it's my only, so I will run marathons. Like I'll run this Nova Scotia remembers. I will run the virtual Fredericton on mother's day and I'll run those like a long run to complete because one, yeah. I don't need a, a BQ or a Boston qualifier, but in the fall, I would hope to run either the Quebec marathon or maybe the Valley marathon to create another BQ for 2023 sure, or 2024. Sure. So for yeah. me, just yeah. to have locked and in yeah. 10 consecutives, I don't need to be super crazy fast. I just need to be fast enough. Yeah. And so for me, yeah, I still yeah. try to have that goal, but fortunately I get older and the times get, um, you know, I, I get more time to run the race. So when, yeah, which, which you need because being an older yeah. runner is no joke. Yeah. No, <laughs> I've learned. <laughs> no, no, it's hard. It's hard. And I don't know how many well, marathons I run. I guess when I, when it starts to not, when it starts to be a chore and not, and not be enjoyable or when my body says, you know what, you can't do those anymore, but I don't tend to do 20 milers much anymore because 16s and 18s are enough. Yeah. 
Yeah, you've got it. You you know what to do. So you don't actually have a number you're trying to get to. You're just going to keep doing them as long as you enjoy them. Yeah, I think so. Before I wanted to do 50 at 50 and that was, I did that. And now then it was like, oh, maybe 70 at 55. So that'll be, you know, in two, in three weeks, I guess that'll be. And then, yeah. again, you know, well, maybe I'll do 75 marathons. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Well, I mean, I'm asking you because I'm struggling. Like I want to stop at 80 because I did eight, I did eight Ironman and I stopped at eight, but I stopped at eight. I stopped on my fastest one and I just had, I watched a TV show when I was growing up and it was called eight is enough. So I'm like, if I stop at 80, like I'm keeping my eights because you know, runners and numerology, but I don't know. I just don't know. They're I don't know if I can stop. So I want you to tell me that you're going to stop, but you're not saying that. Do you think being a physiotherapist has helped you have such a long, um, well, actually you've done so many, but I guess you haven't been doing them that you've been doing them 20 years. Like has, has, do you know tricks (laughs) to keep your body moving or are you just blessed with good genes? If you to tell me what being a physio has meant for your longevity as a runner. And then if you could just impart any of your, I mean, you're obviously, you have a lot of wisdom. So anything you could mm-hmm. share with our listeners, because I got to tell you, they're going to be listening and they're going to be like, this woman has done all the races I've ever dreamed of doing. She's still doing them. She's, uh, you know, so anything you can share would be lovely. Well, I don't think I probably would have done as many if I wasn't a physio because being a physio kind of gives me the insider tip to what this kind of niggle means or what this stiffness means or what this means. So then I know how to strengthen or how to stretch or how to adjust or anything like that. So for me, it's it's given me the edge um, to address an issue that doesn't become an injury. So, so are you telling me you actually do the exercises the physio gives you? I, uh, yeah, exactly. I, Lisa, what, what's your, where are you a physio? I do want to give a shout out in case anybody's like, I want to see her. I um, actually am the owner of WAG, like W-A-G physio. Mm -hmm. And it's like the tail of a dog because my now fourth lab is my greeter in my clinic. And it's a private practice that I own out of my home. And, um, it's 20, 21 years in, since I've started that business and it's been awesome. Amazing. Amazing. I I hope somebody listening locally is like, yeah, I'm going to reach out to her. Okay. So carry on. (laughs) So, um, so for me, yeah, I do my exercises. Let me say that probably five out of seven nights of the week or days of the week, I have my, my core glute routine. And I really feel that having great core and glutes, um, is the ticket to to longevity in marathon running. I, I, yes, you're right. Because I don't have good glutes. I let them just turn off. That's Okay, everyone listening to this, you need to go see Lisa at WAG Physiotherapy. Uh, Carry carry on. Or or at least tune into Instagram. I post core glute videos um, frequently on uh, WAG Physio uh, Instagram. So um, there's little tidbits and advice in there. But yeah, I think you have to, if you're going to run for this long, for that speed, and be that, um, you have to be dedicated. You have to be consistent. You have to listen to your body. You have to know when is when. So if I don't want to go for a run, 
Um, but I know in my program, I might have to run four miles, I will get out and I will try it. And if I say, if I get a half a mile out, it just doesn't feel good, turn around and come home. And that's probably the best advice I can give because running when things aren't being recruited or kicked in, and you just hate it, you know what, you're going to be fine if you skip it, rather than plow through it and get injured. And you've got to listen to your body. And if running with a group or friends and you can't keep up that pace or that speed, don't worry. Run on your own. Do your own pace or speed. Don't just do it to conform or fit in. Listen to you and do what what is best for you. That's right. And there's there's a terrible tendency to run what everyone else's pace is because you just want you don't want to say anything or you don't want to put your needs first. Uh, And so a lot of people end up running uh, either too fast or too slow, but very rarely are they running just right. So but again, Lisa, you're you are a very confident and smart marathoner. So, you know that I hope that people listening think, okay, I want to be a little more like Lisa. (laughs) Um, Thank you. It it has been an absolute joy to talk to you, despite the fact that we've had to call each other many, many times during this. So (laughs) folks, if there are any glitches, please understand this was a series of phone calls, but because we're both marathoners, we were like, oh, we're going to stick to this until we finish, no matter That's right. And resilience. Determination. <laughs> exactly. No, I think, I think that's what it takes. And it does take dedication too. And, and make it fun. Have your rewards be, if you can afford it, to go away to a marathon, which is really fun. Or yes. stay in a hotel at a local marathon. Something fun like that to reward yourself for your efforts. I agree with that. I'm a big believer in incentivizing and treats. I usually buy myself a running outfit that I don't get to wear until after the marathon is over. And then I'm like, oh, that's my marathon shirt. Oh, that's my marathon tights. Yeah. 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 So, oh, so Lisa, thank you so much. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day. And um, I may have to talk to you sometime before that, uh, that virtual Boston just to check in. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much, Stacey, for the opportunity. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye.